Today on episode 99 of the Home of Play podcast, EA confirms three new respawn Star Wars games, including Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Activision is reportedly committed to three more PlayStation Call of Duty games, including Warzone 2. And a Ubisoft executive says gamers just don't get it when it comes to NFTs. Mm-hmm, sure. All that and more. Still a Ponzi scheme. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 99 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Stephen. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include in that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy at your leisure. We only ask you to help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the dragons about the show, and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because of lovely gaming homies helping to spread the cause through the power word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the... Uh, Star Wars news, I guess. We got a lot of Star Wars news this week. On today's episode, we have news. <laughs> but before we get to all that news, uh, let's figure out what Chris has been up to last week. It's been a quiet week for me. Um, I j- literally just turned the PlayStation on like today before we recorded. I was playing a little bit of Far Cry 6. There's nothing I, I have to this. add for that. I just I turned it on. I've done a couple missions. I can't give you a good opinion on a couple hours more in place. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game. Um, and then just lots of Project Zomboid. Uh, we got a relatively stable base. Uh, some of my buddies keep playing off hours of when we're not all playing. And I, I woke up one time and our, we have a parking lot full of vehicles we can use, which is really cool. Um, so it, it's, it's good. Uh, I'm curious to see what we're going to do like to progress further. We haven't hit some of the major events. Apparently there's like a helicopter crash or something to do with a helicopter that's coming and we still haven't gotten that yet. I think winter is going to be coming too, which is be interesting to see how surviving that goes. But Does winter come with Jon Snow or is that separate? <laughs> no Jon Snow DLC? included. No, okay. There might be a mod for that. But other than all that... All I heard was winter is coming, so... But other than that, uh, not a hell of a lot. Lots of TFT, some Gloomhaven. Just the regular stuff for me. Nothing too special. How about yourself? Did you get any gaming in this week? So, not really. Uh, another really hectic week for me. So, I did get a chance on Wednesday. You know, I've been doing some work for the podcast um, in my spare time. So, that also ate up whatever free time I had. Except when that all got done on Wednesday, like yourself, hadn't turned the PS5 on for a while. What am I going to do? I got all these games theoretically coming up you know i might buy horizon i've been watching some of those previews it definitely looks like they did some work that i think it definitely needed i know some people disagree with me they think it was a great game originally and that's fine that, that's your take i just think some of the systems did not work or mesh well with the uh some other systems in the game it just kind of felt like they it almost felt like they were all worked upon separately and then when it mat when they threw it all together it just didn't really mesh so you know, fine, whatever. 
Second one definitely looks like it has great improvements. It definitely looks gorgeous. There's something I, you know, we can all agree on. And so we got that. We got Elden Ring. I was kind of thinking about Dying Light too. Um, but I think you might be picking that up. So I might hold off and see your opinion just because you're the better t- person to listen to about zombie games in general. Um, so like, that's great. So then I was thinking in my head, like, I have a bad habit of burning myself out in genres. So, you know, you can't play, I can't play too many JRPGs in a row or uh, action adventure games and yada, yada, yada. So I kind of was like, what's not going to like hurt my take on these other games that are coming out soon? And uh, Persona 5 Royal. (laughs) That's my answer. So finally getting back to Persona 5 Royal, I did beat, you know, Persona 5, but I never completed Persona 5 Royal. There's not a lot of difference. I just think it's uh, more streamlined, some better changes in there. You can definitely get the platinum a lot easier. I can refer to Chris for that. And uh, I'm enjoying it. You know, I went back. I think it was only, I was at the end of the second, um, What they're not mansions. What do they call them again? Palaces. Palaces, yes. <laughs> it's funny we came up on the same time. Um, so yeah, I beat the second palace. I was really, literally right at the last boss when I stopped playing. So completed that, getting ready I think I just hit June now, so my third month. Uh, can't wait to meet Mokoto again. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. Makoto, yeah, you're right. I, I say it wrong. It's okay. I say all the names wrong. It's a name And thing. enjoying it, working on some new personas. I think I'm using a guide this time, uh, although I kind of screwed up because the first two months I didn't use the guide at all. So I'm not in a great place, but the guide should still help me figure out. I just... There's just little things in that game that you don't even know. I would almost argue, unless you were using a guide, like randomly you can walk by the TV and there might be like a trivia question and you can just get extra knowledge points. I'm like, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I never knew. I knew sometimes the crossword, but I would miss those too sometimes. So I think the guide's the smart way to do it. it I'm also trying to like change the way I think about the game. When I first played the game, I was an idiot. And for some reason, I thought it was a great idea not to level up the people literally in my party i think i completed that game with skull and panther but i never leveled them as like a confidant so i'm like this seems like the dumbest thing someone could do you would definitely want to improve those relationships so this time i think i'm like you know only in month three the start of month three and Anne's like already the rank seven so i'm like i think i'm doing it better now and uh yeah really enjoying that game again plus um with the sales that we're on the DLC, like the ultimate DLC or the deluxe bundle or whatever, was way marked down. So instead of the insane price of, oh man, it was like almost $80 or something, um, it was marked down to a much more reasonable price. So I think I, I got all the DLC. Uh, I love that game. I'm going to support it. What am I talking about? You know, mm. uh, no, that's I always good. say I'm support the games you love. I'm glad you're playing it again because there is. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's subtle, but there is a fair amount of new content in the Royal Edition. Like, you, it just mm-hmm. takes a little bit of time to, like, dig into it and, and get into it. Like, there's a, some more subtle things that are kind of gimmicky, like that whole new social space. In the second month, uh, you're right, because I've already hit um, a new sequence in general. Like, it was an event that you have to go to, but I think you're cleaning up the parks and it has the counselor who's a new character. So I'm like, okay, this is totally brand new. So it adds a little bit. So it doesn't feel like you're just blatantly doing the same story again, which is kind of nice. A little freshness, you know, "Mm." once you start getting into the nitty gritty, like, I mean, there's a lot sprinkled in throughout the whole game, but when you get to the end of the game, that's where it's like, 
okay, now this is a new game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Chris, it sounds like we went through our week pretty well, so I think we should move on to that news I was talking about before. And we're going to start with the first article. It's happening. Anticipated PS5, PS4, action RPG, Elden Ring goes gold. This one comes from Push Square. Yay, Chris. Yay. Yay. Elden Ring will release on 25th of February for PlayStation 5 and PS4. The game had originally been scheduled to launch last year, but was pushed back into 2022 to allow a little more time for polish. Now the hotly anticipated action RPG is locked in as developers from software have confirmed that the game has gone gold. For those unfamiliar with the industry lingo, going gold is an important milestone in game development because it essentially means that the master version has been rendered and now will be printed on Blu-ray discs and submitted to platform holders like Sony for publishing on the PlayStation Store. Historically, this meant development was over, but in this modern era, teams typically continue work on day one patches. Uh, so Chris, it went gold. Oh Yay. my God. We, we No more delays. My most anticipated game, or second, sorry. Uh, there is still Hogwarts that we will talk about later, kind of, in the homework. And... Oh my god, I'm so excited. I can't wait for this game. Uh, I've been looking forward to this since it's been announced, basically. And the more stuff we see, I think I'm going to go on Media Blackout, though. I think Game Informer has more video and some new articles, because that's kind of their There's thing a fair the amount month. that has gone yeah. leaked. So I just, I'm going Media Blackout. I, I've seen enough. I actually, I've probably already seen too much. So I just, I don't want to ruin it for myself any more than I probably already have. So... All I can say is, let's get them. Get them. Get them. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I got an email from PlayStation telling me to pre-order the game. So <laughs> you, you, know, you know it's gone gold when they're telling you to buy it. Um, this is definitely going to be a pre-order game. I'm going to even maybe look at my schedule and uh, see if I could shift some stuff around. Uh, to add to the article, though, uh, Hidetaki Miyazaki has discussed that while he doesn't think the game is necessarily easier than previous from software titles, he does believe more people will actually be able to finish it this time around. Um, kind of going that deeper, uh, clearly I summarized, basically he's just saying that there's more, it's more open and you can make different choices to theoretically make the game slightly easier for yourself. So it's not that the game's easier, it's just there's more avenues for you to tackle these challenges, I think is the best way I could say that. And then even more news came about this game. An Elden Ring producer, Yashiro Kateo, stated, this will differ significantly by player, but in terms of the target set during development, the idea is that the main route should be able to be completed within around 30 hours. Kateo would later go on to say, the game as a whole is quite massive and contains many dozens more hours worth of gameplay. But if we are talking about the main route only, it shouldn't take much longer than that. That's pretty um, so good. So there you go. That's I think that's good. the greatest way to say it. I, I'm very happy they said it won't take 500 hours, um, like some other developers may have said. <laughs> um, so, I mean, maybe, maybe with all the side stuff, I don't know. But uh, I'm very excited to hear 30 hours if you just want a mainline. That's pretty good. 30 hours is good. Like, mm hmm I'm guessing you could get through it probably quicker if you knew where everything was and you you know you you know everything by that point. But thirty hours plus a dozen or two more of just side questing or just looting and exploring, plus new game plus, which we already know is confirmed. Uh, I'm happy. I'm excited. Well, I wonder if that tackles like any grinding, or is that someone who's just really skilled and can like 
plow through these enemies? Is it an average of skilled people? Like, you know, for someone like me, I take these games and I definitely get, through, I go through them very slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I like, I'm, I'm always anxiety ridden about, you know, how hard these games are. So I grind, I level up, I do all the fun stuff, or at least the stuff that I find fun. And yeah, I'm just looking at this. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a longer one. You know, Demon Souls is, I think traditionally talked about like it was quite small actually. And I'm like, I don't know. Me and you managed to do 60, 80 hours on that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this, this game is going to be uh, something else, but either way, we got to move on, even though I would love to talk about Elden Ring all day. So we move on to our next article. Negoshi Studios set up by NetEase Yakuza creator leads. This one comes from Push Square. NetEase has now formally announced Nagoshi Studio after Yakuza creator Toshiro Nagoshi left Sega for the Chinese company last year. He will be joined by eight other developers from RGG Studio as founding members, and the team is hoping to reveal its first game as soon as possible. Nagoshi said he left Sega in order to make a fresh start. I decided to leave Sega, where I had been working for a long time because I wanted to do something different than before. If you do the same thing, you can stay in Sega. To be honest, I still don't know if independence was early or too late at this time. He then goes on to speak about taking the next step with games, something which wasn't so easy to do with Sega. So that article, you know, it is what it is. I summarized it as well, but it kind of goes on to say that with Sega, he felt it was very difficult to pitch new ideas uh, without you know, having any proof to why be successful. And that's, you know, another giant reason why he had to leave and feels like now he can express his creativity more, which is great. And uh, I added this article, A, because it's relevant, but B, Chris, we know you like the Yakuza games. So I was just mainly curious on your thoughts, honestly. I suspect that they're probably going to go a totally different way. Like, I I don't think they're going to, there, it's going to be something totally different, I think, because it's like the the Yakuza is pretty established with Sega, like clearly with like their in-game advertisements and whatnot for Sega. But like, mm-hmm. I don't see that series splitting off in too much of a different way. I, I'm curious what they're going to do. They're obviously talented people. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. I. I look at this and I think you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, just reading the, the words off the page here, um, you know, he clearly, he felt like he wanted to do something different and he just wouldn't be able to do that with Sega. So yeah, why would you make something similar and then leave, you know, somewhere that you're clearly mm-hmm. somewhere where you're comfortable, obviously you spent, how, I think, I think he said almost 15 years or something in the Sega. So, you know, obviously you're not going to leave something like that just to make the same thing. So. I know. I agree with you. Very specific in what they do. Like they make their Mm -hmm. choices pretty well calculated. Um, So to be able to be creative, it might kind of stunt that a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm more interested in when Sony acquires Sega. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I will ask you, Chris. Will this next game from him, whatever it ends up being, will have? side quests that don't make me want to pull my eyes out <laughs> i unfortunately can't guarantee that i'm sorry can't confirm can't confirm uh so we will move on activision is reportedly committed to three more playstation call of duty games including warzone 2 this one comes from vgc 
Activision Blizzard is reportedly committed to releasing at least the next three Call of Duty games for PlayStation consoles. That's according to Bloomberg sources said to be familiar with the publisher's plans. These are said to be the Modern Warfare 2 from Infinity Ward later this year, a new game from Black Ops developer Treyarch next year, and Warzone 2, which is also said to be planned for release in 2023. So Chris, you know, we had a pretty big episode last week and some of us may have had to eat shit for that episode. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, fun emails, fun emails last week. And basically, it sounds like at least we can guarantee the next three Call of Duty releases are still on PlayStation. I will say after having more time to ponder all the happenings of last week, I think we're going to get more than that. I, I don't honestly see Call of Duty leaving, but everyone can debate me. It's fine. It's fine. This is just where I stand. And at least if I'm wrong, look, you get, I think what people are pretty excited for, which is the next Warzone. Sorry, not Warzone. The next um, Modern Warfare, or I think Warfare 2, which is just confusing for people. I get it. It's not the remastered. It's just the next one with the same name. Activision's not known for creativity points. I, I'll give you that. And yeah, and then you'll get Warzone 2. Uh, you know, whatever they end up calling it, I would really hope they don't just call it Warzone 2. But uh, <laughs> it was next to the note, the first one. <laughs> yeah, that's just true, down the street. <laughs> Do you think they might just call it Warzone and just not tell people <laughs> it's <laughs> another one? I don't know. Uh, so, Chris, are you looking forward to your next three Call of Duty games? I've been out of the loop for Call of Duty. I jump in every once in a while. It's nice that Warzone's free. Um, I don't know. Like you said, we had a lot of talking about Activision last week, and I think the end result is that we're just going to get even more microtransactions in a lot of these games because um, I feel like they're all going to end up on Game Pass, and the way to make money is going to be microtransactions or there's all the talk about NFTs. There's going to be some sort of NFT sort of system that's going to be put in these things down the road, which... Oh, that's gonna be so good. Don't you know we need these? We need these in our lives so that people we could trade them and sell them to each other just over the mm. internets. But as long as Activision makes like a twenty percent cut on every transaction, I don't know. I mean, hopefully if there's one good thing to come from Microsoft's acquisition, maybe they'll cut that. Yeah, maybe. I haven't heard too much NFT stuff from micro uh Microsoft, but I haven't really looked it up either because I don't want I don't really want to go down that that dark dark <laughs> hole. Um, yeah, um, we've talked about this before. I I feel like it seems like a bad move to remove all the Call of Duties from PlayStation. So it looks like you're gonna have a couple years where it's gonna be okay. My main concern is like, will we get a true PlayStation Five Call of Duty game in the next two years? I don't know. I feel like it's taken them a long time to separate themselves from the PlayStation four. So the only reason I'm going to try to say, I can confirm that is from other rumors. It sounds like the second war zone is supposed to be a next gen only war zone. Yeah. So then, so it'll be the final would, one. That'll be true. Thing. Yeah. I feel like it almost forces that fact. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking the, the, the free price for some of those games, but yeah, the mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, this will keep PlayStation fans going for at least a couple of years anyway. Yeah, I'll keep you satiated for two more years. Yeah, who knows? Maybe a better shooter will come out. 
It's not hard. The bar's not high. <laughs> Shouldn't be. Just no, don't it's not ask high with or dice not, for it. It's not <laughs> high with the current, uh, you know, battlefields and Call of Duties and all the I other shooters out there. With the uh, rumored second title that Guerrilla Games is working on, that it might just be another Killzone, which I kind of hope, but Killzone's I pretty could be good. wrong. They have really good uh, shooters, that's for sure. It's very mm-hmm. not tactical. I'm trying to think. It's very visceral. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Their 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 shooters feel feel very good, and with the new haptic controllers and everything, I think that would be really good in those games. Well, for the time, like Killzone Two was damn beautiful. Oh, so, yeah. like, if anyone could bring us like an immersive first person shooter, that's what I loved about Killzones. It's like they're not perfect games by any stretch, and I don't think their multiplayer stands up to other first person shooters. But their single player campaigns. You know, I still remember Killzone 2 and you're going through a battlefield. You feel like you're going through a battlefield. Yeah. And I've never felt that in any other first-person shooter that I've personally played. I'm not saying it's not anywhere else out there, but from what I've played, you know, a lot of these other first-person shooters, I just feel like you're going through the motions. And Call of Duty tries to give you that, but you can feel like it's very linear paths. Scripted, yeah. But with Call... Or, sorry, Killzone, you just... You go through and there's, like, there's people everywhere, like... and. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you kill them, but they are killable. And I thought, at least for the time, I thought it was super impressive. I miss some of the tactical shooters, like even the third-person ones, like the mm-hmm. old SOCOMs and uh, oh, siphon, siphon yeah. filters. How many hours did I put in SOCOM 2? Good Lord. Yeah. Like, we still got Splinter Cell. He's still kicking around. We got the new one that, that's being worked on and whatnot. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just those, the squad-based ones, like SOCOM, like, yeah, I you just don't have anything like that. So we're going to move on. Sony London Studio is making an online PS5 exclusive. This one comes from IGN. Sony's London Studio is recruiting new talent in order to develop its next game, which it says will be an online PlayStation 5 exclusive. At present, the studio has kept details of the project closely under wraps, though did note in a separate tweet that it can't wait to show the world what it's got in store. As part of an advertisement for the position of senior character artist on the team, The developer states that an ideal candidate will help the studio in crafting a wide range of characters, skins, creatures, weapons, and gear. However, considering that description could be applied to a plethora of modern games, it offers little in the way of solid information. Elsewhere in the description, it stated that the position offers a once in a lifetime opportunity to be at the heart of crafting and bringing to life the next PlayStation icon slash icons and that the successful candidate will be hand- handling a range of AAA art content. Sounds like this thing might have a budget, Chris. It sounds like it has a budget. Sounds like it's uh, it could be something special. But yeah, like the only big thing I took out of there was like that they mentioned creatures, which is what, what could it be? Creatures, creatures. Like I, I would say if, it, if it's an animals, that's one thing, right? But it's creatures. My know. worry is that it labels skins and gear. And when I hear those two words in the same sentence, I instantly think of the notorious games of a service. And I really hope it's not that. I really hope it's not that. And it very well could be and could not be. Um, there's just not enough to go on here like the article states. Yeah. But I will say, like, you know, a lot of people are speculating Lon- Sony London Studio 
last game they made blood and truth vr game i believe they might have worked on another one and so this must be a vr game but i'm actually thinking with triple a budget and them looking for different people that this very well could not be a vr game and that kind of excites me more again as long as it's not games of a service um but if it's not that then this could be something kind of cool and i'm very intrigued me as well not a big article so we're just going to move on to something that's more steve centric Mortal Kombat 12 seemingly confirmed in staged social media snap. This one comes from Push Square. An obviously staged social media photo uploaded and swiftly deleted by NetherRealm Studios senior production manager Jonathan Anderson has seemingly confirmed Mortal Kombat 12. Although it's possible the developer may just be playing with fans, the image, which focuses primarily on some artwork, includes the corner of a computer monitor where MK12 underscore mass is one of the files. There's also the bottom of the email on the screen where Anderson points out, in quotes, our fans eagerly scrape the internet to a colleague. This is clearly a setup designed to either raise interest in the sequel or simply troll. There had been some speculation that NetherRealm Studios was working on a Marvel game at one point, but it's since become clear that Mortal Kombat is more likely. I don't understand. The article talks about a Marvel game, and I'm like, well, you're owned by WB. You're basically exclusively licensed to the DC games unless you're making Mortal Kombat. Like, you know, I guess my example would be uh, there was Mortal Kombat versus DC. There was Mortal Kombat, or sorry, Injustice 1, Injustice 2. So, and even like, you know, Rocksteady as well, right? They're all DC. Anything owned by WB, uh, WB Montreal uh, making Arkham Knights, uh, you know, it's just it's all DC. So I don't know about the Marvel rumor and I have heard in other stories that it sounds like nether realms worried about this new acquisition that AT&T and WB and all this stuff that they might get sold off. So it sounds like even though they were interested in injustice three, that they might've actually flipped the script and decided to do another Mortal Kombat just to bolster how important they are and how financial viable they are which makes sense to me. And as a hardcore, well, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say hardcore as a lifelong fan of mortal Kombat, I'm more excited for that. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mortal Kombat's been your world for sure. I've had pl- mm-hmm. fun playing the games with you. I've always, I've hovered over purchasing a lot of them many times, but I know I've, I played, I had a couple of the soul caliber games and I'm just talking about fighting games in general. And I found that I just never played them that much. It was more of a, play with friends type of game for me other than just grind and you know try to go up the ranks try to do that kind of stuff so i wasn't interested in that because i knew i was like i could never be as good as like any of the even decent players out there because i remember i I spent so much time trying to learn like one guy's moves in soul caliber it was like i spent like a whole evening like every combo i learned and i did worse (laughs) than, than how i did with like just button mashing or just the way i was normally playing so it was like eh I can't do this sort of thing. So, I mean, it's obvious that a Mortal Kombat 12 would come. They, they've been in the numbering system forever. So it's, it's obviously it would come eventually at some point. I know 11 did pretty good. And I think it brought a lot of life back into the series. Not that there was no life there. It was just, I think a lot of the Mortal Kombat's were becoming more, I don't want to say stagnant because it wasn't that bad, but it was just, they're more consistent, I guess. I don't know. So I, th- I think 11 definitely helped it a lot. So 
I, I'm excited to see what they do with 12. I always, I'm always interested in the special characters they add from time to time. So, oh, yeah. not that I ever get to play as them, but I just find it interesting and watching the, the goofy videos that they create are always entertaining. So, I really hope they take into consideration the fans this time, though. My only issue as someone that loves the lore of Mortal Kombat, all the characters, I grew up with them. I was playing them on Super Nintendo. My biggest issue, and it was the most egregious in the last one, Mortal Kombat 11, was this weird... They claim that they're not being predatory by trying to make you spend currency or doing the microtransactions, but they make it so hard to acquire everything that's in that game. Like To this day, I've had Mortal Kombat 11 for, what, two to three years now? I can't remember. And I I don't have everything that's on that disc, and it's just kind of weird to think that I paid for this thing and I don't have half the accessories or clothing items because they make it just so hard to get. And I feel like that is intentional to, to basically lure you that when you see these things come up in the store, you almost automatically want to buy them because you're like, well, I'm never going to get this cool cosmetic thing for the one character I love. Like, you know, me, my favorite character, Shao Kahn, Mortal Kombat was 11. Uh, sorry. Mortal Kombat 11 was amazing because for the first time you could easily play this character and I've always loved him. So I want to get all his gear and then I quickly find out that it's going to take hours or, and sometimes it's just a, a skill requirement that I don't have. So I'm never going to get these items yet. I paid for this game. It's just, it's really annoying and it's predatory and I think it's dirty. And I just, that, you know, that's kind of been a WB thing. And I don't know if that's just strictly never nether realm studios and what they want to do with the game, or if that's always been WB putting pressure on them to try to get the microtransactions, which I could definitely see. Um, although the argument could be made that Rocksteady doesn't seem to have these same issues, so then why is this? Um, yeah, I just really hope we get a more, a, a cleaner, less skeevy kind of uh, game out of MK12, but we can only speculate for now. Nothing official, obviously, so I just, I hope it's true, and I, yeah, I hope they clean up their act. There's and I think I've talked about this before, but there's a right way and a wrong way for loot loot crates. And mm-hmm. in my eyes, the right way is you could have a game like Mortal Kombat that has tons of unlockables. Like, I can't remember, like, is it face masks, bodies, pants? I can't remember how it worked in that one. But other games are like that, right? What you need to do is you have these loot crates, which whatever it's timed or it's a currency you earn in the game to open up more crates or the special things that you do to get more crates whatever that system is but you make that loot crate where it's a unique item that you get like all the gear is unique you couldn't get duplicates you can't get any of that type of thing no matter what you open that loot crate you're getting an item that exists in the game that is one time like you got it you got it forever right but you can't get that item again when you open up the crate so eventually the crates will run out and i feel like the game developers don't want that, obviously, for obvious reasons. But in a, in a game like that, in many games like that, it's like you should be able to unlock everything. Make different types of cosmetics, gun skins, all that kind of thing, weapon skins. But if you make it unique, that would be the way to go. Even if there's an in-game currency, which they tend to do, but you can spend money on it. Don't have the option to spend money on it. Maybe you can open up the crate and it'll give you currency. But have an option where that currency can be spent to unlock something specifically that you want. Because like you like your one character, if maybe it's slow progression to get that currency, but at least you're slowly earning to get the thing you want, right? So I think there's there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. The wrong way, obviously, is 
having people spend real money to unlock a, a, a currency that gives you a random chance at an item that you don't even want. The right, the right way is get that unique stuff. Be- that's the thing that sucks the most because in, I think it was MK9, they introduced this crypt and you'd collect currency through doing whatever you did in the game and you could save it up and then you go to the crypt and you buy things. But the best thing about that crypt is it was set items in set places. So I know they didn't love this, but then you could go online and find out, okay, these are the like crypts I need to get to and unlock and then I'll get the items that I love. Then they quickly caught on to that, and then it was since Mortal Kombat X or Ten that then they started trying to make everything randomized. And now it's worse than it's ever been. Um, with MK11, like they'll literally refill crypts with just like base currency, so you waste your coins just to get different currency, which you didn't want. They know you didn't want that, but it's just another way to slow you down, so you can't get everything you want. And that's not the only way to get some of these things. You have to do actual, like I was saying, skill challenges that like, I'm just not good enough to ever do. So again, when you see that item show up and it costs money, you're obviously going to buy. And that's what they want. It's just, yeah, I don't know. The only thing that upsets me more is when Ed Boon goes on these interviews and claims like that's not the case. And I'm like, dude, like it's so obvious. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we need to move on. I'm, I'll start crying if we go any further. <laughs> PlayStation reveals February PS Plus games. This one comes from IGN. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep leads the way for play- February's PlayStation Plus lineup. Announced on the PlayStation blog, February's free games for PlayStation Plus subscribers include Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep and EA Sports UFC 4 for PlayStation 4 players and Planet Coaster Console Edition for PlayStation 5 owners. Players first got their taste of the Wonderlands back in 2013 with the Borderlands 2 DLC starring Tiny Tina. Now that DLC has been re-released as a standalone package so players can get a taste of battling skeletons, dragons, and more ahead of the new game this spring. So Chris, you just confirmed that um, this amazing game we're going to get is just re-released DLC for Borderlands 2. Yeah. Very disappointing. That's pretty disappointing. Another... Another great month for PlayStation Plus lineups. I agree with you in your sarcastic tone. The only thing <laughs> <laughs> I will say is different is maybe Planet Coaster is actually decent. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. I do ta- sometimes like those old type of like um, roller coaster tycoons back way back in the day. So maybe that one's okay. I haven't looked it up, but the other two seem god awful to me. I might awful out of sheer boredom do the UFC four, but again, like that's not something I would like, you know, I see on paper and I'm like, Oh wow. UFC four is UFC four. The one that had in-game advertisements. <laughs> is that the Ooh, one that had that? I think it might was be. A different yeah. one? I don't keep track of that, but it had in-game yeah. advertisements between your fights. It was like, Oh my God, <laughs> that might be it. Yeah, I can't remember planet coaster. I'll, I maybe take a look at it. I'll have to look it up ahead of time before I actually download to the system. But Maybe that'll be goofy fun. Those are sometimes okay. So, the Tiny Tina yes. Borderland. I don't know. I, like that just seems. I don't know if the, is this worse than the Godfall or is it not as bad? You know what? I'm gonna say it's worse because Godfall, even though it was kind of dumb, at least you still get fast tracked. You could do the end game. Um, you know, it's it's the characters. It's not just a little slice of DLC for the yeah. whole game. Yeah. 
disappointing. But either way, neither one I want to play, so yeah. you both get an F minus. You're, you're out of here. That's a bad month. It's UFC bad is month. very specific to very specific people. I don't know why yeah. they keep doing this. Like, Sony, you keep shooting yourself in the foot with this because it happens like every couple months where they release just awful games like that that football one and or not the football, soccer, I'm thinking Europe. But like there's some just bad ones that people were like awful. There's mm-hmm. well, which one? There was one month last year where they changed it because of how awful it was. Ah, yeah, yeah, I this, can't this remember is a bad that one. one. Yeah, this isn't the worst, but it's not the best, or even close to good. <laughs> yeah. So we found out Crisis Four revealed in a trailer in early stages of development. This one comes from Game Informer. In a recent tweet, Crytek says, we're excited to announce we're working on the fourth installment of the Crisis series and that it wants you to join us on our journey and become the hero that you were destined to be. It's something you've been asking us for a long time, so it's now finally time to confirm. Yes, a new Crisis game is happening. The blog post reads, we are so pleased and excited to bring you this news, and we really can't wait to reveal more details about what lies ahead. Right now, the game is in early stages of development, so it will be a while yet, but we wanted to bring you the news at this time as we are so hyped for the future and to let you know that we will be listening to our community. Crytek says as development progresses, it will release more details about Crisis 4 when it can. In the meantime, it wants players to know that our dedicated and talented team is working hard to bring you a truly next-gen shooter. Christ, do we ever need it? Um, but I also want to add a uh, little extra details here. The last mainline crisis released was 2013's crisis three, a sequel to 2011's crisis two, and which was a sequel to 2007's crisis. Uh, so it's definitely been a little bit of time since our last crisis. Chris, are you a crisis guy? I don't even know. I am not a crisis guy. So I played the very first one on PC I was really enjoying the game. Obviously, it blew my computer up because of like how technical it was. And I, I, I loved it. I loved the first 60% of the game. It was so cool, so interesting. Just the mechanics. It was really fun. And then they introduced aliens into the game. And I lost complete interest in the game whatsoever. I finished spoiler it, alert. but I was just like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler away. But, like, I just totally lost interest in this. I'm like, this could have went somewhere that I cared about and was interested in. But when it turned into that type of thing, I don't know. I just totally lost interest in it. And I literally haven't looked at any sequels since. I know I'm, I'm sure there's still amazing technical games on the PC and whatnot. It'll probably look gorgeous and blah. But I just, my, the storyline interest is totally lost on me. Which, I don't know why they had to go alien route. Like, maybe it was, like, the technology of your suit, so it's got to match the technology of, I don't know, the universe or some shit? I don't know. It's got to be aliens, because this is too powerful. I don't know. Not a fan. Uh, fan and how the games look and play and, the, like, the languages and stuff was cool. But, yeah, I just, I lost interest in it. and I don't have any excitement for this whatsoever. I think we talked about this one of our way early podcasts Year one of podcasts, we talked about oh, yeah. crisis, crisis games remastered. Yeah, it was, I remember talking about that. It was just yeah, our interest. I think Curtis was maybe more into them, which would make sense. But yeah, not for me. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of them. I've enjoyed some of them. I did actually fun fact my 
I think it was two computers ago, my GPU actually set on fire because of Crisis 3. Now, I'm kind of being cheeky. I think the thing was about to set on fire no matter what I was doing. Um, but for some reason, I was playing the demo of that game, doing a multiplayer match, and then my screen turned off, and I couldn't figure out why, so I got mad, changed a few things, went inside of the computer, finally got it to boot back up and get the screen to work, and as soon as I forced it to actually do anything, um, yeah, literally while I still had the, the case open, flames shot out of my GPU fan, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was a time for a new GPU, apparently, so that was a fun time, so I'll always remember Crisis 3 fondly, but other than that, it's exciting to hear what a next gen shooter could be from, you know, creators that have made beautiful looking games. But beyond that, I just, I agree with you. I don't know if there's enough substance there for me to get really excited. Um, you know, it's not like I'm dying to get back into the lore of crisis. All I know is he has a suit and it does things, it's but cool. you know, that could be anything that could be crackdown. That could be halo. Um, I think once it gets into like too much of the suit, I, I kind of lose interest a lot. Yeah. That'd be a cool VR game if they could make it look like that in VR. Mm-hmm. Get it on the PSVR 2. Woo! Anyway, we're going to move on to PS5 screenshot. Video captured being slowly integrated into the PS app worldwide. This one comes from Push Square. Sony is slowly rolling out functionality it had previously promised, allowing you to access the videos and screenshots you capture on the PlayStation 5 using the Create button in the PS app on your smartphone. Enter your media gallery on your console and you may be prompted to enable auto-upload depending on where you live. Anecdotally, we've read reports of this in the United States and Germany, but are yet to obtain access ourselves in the UK. The functionality soft-launched in Japan and Canada last year, so Sony's been testing it for a while. Once set up, all your screenshots and videos of up to 3 minutes will be uploaded and accessible within the PlayStation app for up to 14 days. That means that you'll no longer need to upload them to Twitter or other social networks in order to download them to your phone, which is a positive improvement. I can't say I've used this feature before. I remember like I, there was a time where I did throw a couple random videos up on YouTube, um, but that's where I wanted to put them. I, I, don't, I didn't have a need to have them on my phone first to put it onto YouTube. I guess maybe this would be good if you needed to edit stuff a little bit more in depth than what's built into the system. I think that, and for me, my first takeaway is, like, I can just show someone on my phone. Yeah. I don't have to go to, like, YouTube or I think it was Facebook they let you upload to sometimes, yeah. where now I'm like, nope, this is a clip straight up, just watching on my phone. Isn't this cool? For me, I don't do a lot of clip stuff except for things that, like, make me proud of myself, which is, you know, for us, it had been Demon Souls. I, <laughs> I was going to say, that you send it time. to me. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, Chris, remember that time this guy tried to gank you and I just destroyed his life? Mm, yeah, that was fun. I remember the one guy we lured in uh, to make him do enough damage on me that all my buffs would hit once I was down to 30% health and then I could one-hit kill him. Yeah, <laughs> He definitely thought he was king until that happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, things like that. I'm intrigued. You know, is this a huge thing? No, but they did promise it and it's just happy to see that they're living to that commitment. So, you know, yeah. I'm excited. And I think it's a small but welcomed feature. We like options, and more options is good. EA confirms three 
Count them, three Respawn Star Wars games, including Jedi Fallen Order sequel. This one comes from VGC. In an announcement on Tuesday, the company officially announced a sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order along with two new projects in development at new teams within the Respawn hierarchy. Firstly, a Star Wars first-person shooter game is being helmed by former LucasArts veteran and Medal of Honor co-creator Peter Hirschman, who has previously worked on the original Battlefront games, The Force Unleashed, and more. Not sure if I love the Battlefront game thing. Hirschman most recently directed 2020 VR title Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Respawn's third Star Wars project is a strategy game developed through a production collaboration with Bit Reactor, which is a new studio formed by veterans of XCOM and Civilization Studio for Axis Games. Respawn will produce the new Star Wars strategy game, with Bit Reactor leads on the development of the title EA said. Chris, can you believe it? Three more Star Wars games from EA, and for some reason, and I think we know that reason, they're all coming from Respawn. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's more interesting that I'm still more excited for Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> but these will be good too. Um, Star Wars Fallen Order. Uh, I now re-own the game again. Um, got it through, I think, Prime Drop or something. Amazon Prime Drop. So I'm looking forward to maybe jumping in back into that one. It has a, a Souls-like aspect to it slightly. So I'm kind of excited to jump back into that one. Uh, and I know people really enjoyed it. So I think a sequel to that one is is going to be big. Um, mm. The shooter, I'm not sure. I don't know much about Peter Hirschman off the top of my head. Um, Battlefront, if it's anything to do with the graphics of Battlefront, then that's good. The Force Unleashed. Uh, I remember having a lot of fun with the first one. I never played the second one, but I, I think it was more the story, which is what I enjoyed in The Force Unleashed. So if they have a little bit of that in there, that I'll be happy with. Mm-hmm. I love the Force Unleashed yeah, and the one. sequel, although I feel like the sequel wasn't as great as the first one. Yeah, it was, a, it was more of a, I don't want to say cash grab, but it was more of an attempt at a crash, cash grab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the third one, uh, you know me, I like strategy games. Anything, anything that says similar to XCOM, Civ, and the Firaxis games, I'm always in on. So I could very much see myself playing that. And that literally could make any game in that type of format, I'll probably mm. play it. So, so yeah, I like to dip my dirty toes into those strategy games every once in a while. And so I'm actually kind of excited for that too. Cause like you said, I'm not, I don't think I've played an XCOM, but I've seen you play it. It looks fun. It looks like something I could do, especially if it's star Wars themed. Um, so I, I kind of, all these speak to me a little bit, ah, except for the first person shooter thing. You know, there's a history here. I don't know if that, I'm looking forward to, but I do think it's smart to let respawn try it this time. Yeah. And maybe it'll feel less perverse than the, you know, last battlefront. Well, and they, and then they got the history of apex. So they have a little bit of shooter experience and there. Titanfall and Titanfall. You know, you're yeah. forgetting Titanfall. One yeah, and two I always and... forget Titanfall. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> everyone forgot about Titanfall too somehow, but uh, yeah, all this is good news. I think, um, you know, we can only predict, but Jedi fallen order sequel. I'm pretty, I'm interested in it. You know, I liked the first Fallen Order. I don't know if I loved it, but uh, it it definitely had its high points. I just think the story definitely kind of, it was high and then low and then high and low. And I, yeah, definitely a lot, honestly. So we'll have to see and wait for more. But, uh, you know, it's just, 
I think what interests me the most is that EA talks. Well, actually, you know, we'll talk about this in our next article. We can save it. So we're going to move on, Chris, to Dice won't get a chance to make Star Wars Battlefront 3. It's claimed this one comes from VGC. That's according to a new Venture Beat report, which claims EA has no intention of making more Star Wars games following a trio of respawn projects announced on Tuesday or on the previous article that we just mentioned. Going forward, EA is reportedly planning to reduce its licensing fees and rely more heavily on its own IP, such as Battlefield, (laughs) Dead Space, (laughs) Dragon Age, and Mass Effect. Journalist Tom Anderson, who we seem to report a lot about, who has a strong track record with EA reporting, also claimed in November that plans for a third Battlefront game from DICE were rejected by EA due to the costs of using the Star Wars license. So this is the point I didn't want to bring up before. It's interesting that they claim that that's why they're not going to let DICE touch Battlefront again. But then it's like, but at the same time, they're going to let Respawn make three Star Wars games. It, it just, it you know, doesn't really make sense, does it, Chris? No, it's, it's almost like some faith was lost on the second one or something. Well, I just think, you know, you released three games in a row that just are broken uh you know battlefield 5 wasn't great the battle royale mode was broken uh to all hell and came out a year after the game which it was supposed to be a feature that came out day one with the original game then you have battlefront 2 not received well and now you have battlefield 2042 dice can't make a game right now that comes out and is received even slightly positively so I think this is a smart business decision. And honestly, although they're saying it's expensive to use Star Wars licenses, which it definitely probably is, I think it's worse when you almost can guarantee that that game's not going to do well because of dice. Yeah, I I don't know what to say about this. I think you kind of nailed it on the head because they really need to sit back and get their shit straighted out because they're getting way more misses than hits this time around. Like like you say, the last couple of games, they've just, I don't want to say drop the ball. I want to say something worse than drop the ball. They drop mm-hmm. the wrench on their foot or something. Because like this is, they, they really need to go back to the drawing board and, and, and break something down and fix it back up. Because this is just, they, 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 they clearly can't focus properly on this. I don't know why. Like maybe they need to get away from first person shooters. Maybe it's the engine they're using that you like to bring up. I, I don't know. They got to go back to the drawing board. Dice should go sit back and make another new engine <laughs> mm-hmm. for somebody else Honestly. to use. <laughs> or EA just needs to start opening up the wallet and allowing them to use Unreal, and then they could actually focus on the games themselves more than budget, just man. trying to get them to run. It's his budget, you know. It's, uh, it's not, where I are mean, they going to get the like money EA from? EA has money. Well, no, I mean, no, come no. on. It's like... No, it's not like those FIFA microtransactions, <laughs> like, put all those oh, pools of gold yeah, plated. Those in, are you know? spoken for. <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah. needs gold plated pools now. <laughs> yeah. At least, you know, the top people in the company. Imagine if they gave gold pools to everybody. I mean, I mean, loot boxes are profitable. What are you talking about? What's a loot box? You mean surprise mechanics? <laughs> <laughs> you mean child gambling? <laughs> no, they wouldn't do that. No, they definitely wouldn't go after your kids and then hope that your kids have your credit card. All PS4 trophies were briefly wiped and labeled PS3. This one comes from VGC. 
in a very short article that I'm about to read, an issue with the PlayStation Network caused PS4 trophies to temporarily disappear overnight, with their titles appearing as PS3 games instead. So Chris, not a big thing. Apparently this only happened for an hour and it was pretty late into the evening. And people just noticed this. A lot of people took screenshots to prove that it was real. And of course, now everyone's jumping to conclusions and it must mean we're getting backwards compatibility. This must have to do with Spartacus <laughs> and that third tier. And we're dealing with absolutes, Chris. So what are your thoughts with this? I don't want to speculate that it's going to be guaranteed that it's backward compatibility. It doesn't make sense that they would work on something like that in the production environment. Um, I'm glad I didn't notice it. I didn't want to, I wouldn't want to have a nervous breakdown, <laughs> but I guess everything was still there. So yeah, I, I, it's, this one's tough to speculate on what would have caused it. I, I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards that. Like this could be something, but like, it's still microscopic. Yeah. And, like the percentage of this being true is microscopic, but you know, it's kind of like where there's smoke, there's fire. And we're starting to see more and more puffs of smoke here. And so I, I'm hopeful. I, I truly am hopeful, but I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just the sultry boy inside. I just can't imagine. Like, I don't want to allow myself to believe this wholeheartedly. Cause then I feel like I'm just going to get disappointed. So we're going to move on. Ubisoft exec says gamers don't get it when it comes to NFTs. This one comes from IGN and we clearly don't get it. During an interview with Finder, Ubisoft Strategic Innovations Lab Vice President Nicholas Poard, Poard, yeah, I'm hopefully saying that right, said that gamers simply don't understand the benefit of NFTs. In quotes, and we're going to have a lot of quotes, so strap in, kids. I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them, he said. For now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet and second, just a tool for speculation. But what we at Ubisoft are seeing first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them or they're finished playing the game itself. It was a reaction we were expecting, he said, off the backlash of Quartz. We know it's an it's not an easy concept to grasp, but Quartz is really just a first step that should lead to something bigger, something that will be more easily understood by our players. That's the way we think about it and why we will keep experimenting, he said. We will keep releasing features and services around this first initiative, and our belief is that piece by piece the puzzle will be revealed and understood by our players. We hope they will be... <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a hard time reading this and not laughing. We hope they will better understand the value we offer them. Okay, so that was really hard to get through without laughing because I just, he's literally calling everyone dumb. He's literally calling us dumb. Like, we don't understand a secondary market. Like, CSGO doesn't let you sell skins already. Like, Diablo 3 didn't have a, a live auction house. I, I, I mean, like, I mean, literally, you could even argue the auction houses in World of Warcraft are similar to this. It's a scheme they want you selling items not because it's beneficial to you it's because it's beneficial that they're going to take a percentage of every transaction yep i i just we're not dumb and then i hate that they keep bringing up well and even the article itself tried to bring it up twice but they keep bringing up like well blockchain this and cryptocurrencies are bad for the environment because all energy that these drugs 
I don't know what uh, farms, I guess the uh, yeah. Bitcoin farms are stealing and that's doing damage. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely a part of it. But specifically with NFTs, I think people are quite privy already that the, it's just a Ponzi fly by night um, tr- pyramid scheme. And it's, you know, again, NFTs are stupid. You don't actually own anything. And if you don't believe me, look into it. I guess you could argue with me that I don't fully understand it, but I kind of don't want to because I can take a screen grab of whatever you buy and I have just as much value as you do. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb. And the fact that he came out after all this to tell us that we're all too dumb to understand that we have to wait and see. So before Chris gives us his take, I just want to go in further. I found some more information on this just to show you what we don't understand, Chris. And it turns out after the service launched on December 9th, three limited edition NFT items were added to Ghost Recon Breakpoint, including a wolf skin for the M4A1 tactical rifle, a helmet, a pair of pants, Chris. These three items are free to claim, but there's a catch. The rifle requires you to reach XP level five in Ghost Recon Breakpoint, while the pants require 100 hours played in the game. The helmet requires a massive 600 hours in Ghost Recon Breakpoint, all for a helmet with a number on it. What the hell, Chris? Is that worth it? Your 600 hours pay to earn strategy that they're talking about? So then you can spend the 600 hours that you probably definitely could have spent better by actually going to work to make more money that it's going to be worth than selling that helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like I just don't know what to I don't know what to say I'm just gonna let you take it away while I scratch my head I'm hurting because I, I was shaking my head so much while you're reading that article that I have a concussion now <laughs> and uh, do we and like NFTs whiplash? now I think we like F- NFTs right clearly <sighs> okay so in this example of what you've given with the wolf skin the tactical rifle helmet and a pair of underwear I I don't know how to say this. At least they're making it an in-game option to earn these things. Whereas they're not outright just saying, give me $5 and I will give you a unique item for you to have. Now, mind you, to get some of these items, you're probably going to have to pay to get XP boosts and shit like that. In this case, they're talking about hours. I don't know how long it takes to get to XP level 5 in, in the game. Who knows? I'd have to hope it can't be that long. At least but hope. The confusing thing to me is these three items. Is it the first person that gets to the six hundred hours? Is this the person who gets this item, or does everybody who gets a hundred hour, hours get this item? Everybody who who gets six hundred hours, they get that same item. Well, then the item's not unique, which is the point I think of NFTs is for the item to be unique. So, I don't think they even know what they meaning to do with this thing. But no. I, this is probably the nicer way we're going to see this, but it's going to go into the bad way where it's going to be you're going to pay money for unique items or gear that are probably going to actually give pay to win options. And you're going to be able to own that and nobody else is going to have that ability. And then when you're done with it, which is what they're saying, you can just sell it to somebody else for $700 because somebody will pay you $700 because there's always somebody... I want to say stupid enough to spend $700 on that item because that's just how these markets work. Well, and that's honestly my greatest fear is that it's going to basically 
the end result could be that our microtransactions that we're currently used to that are already way too expensive. Like, you know, we talked about this yeah. back in the day. You could buy an outfit. It's like $3, something like that. Well, now some of these games, I, I can't remember. You know, I think it was Marvel's Avengers. Like some of those things are like $15 for an outfit. Yeah, there's it's Valorant, Valorant has weapon skins packages that are over $100 for just skins. And so they can do that. And now what my fear is, is like, you know, we think $15 is expensive. Well, now they try to make that one costume way harder to earn. So let's say, yeah, you have to do 600 hours and there's this really cool outfit or skin that everyone wants but now it's up to this guy who actually spent the 600 hours to sell and like you said it's going to be a crazy amount of money and then ubisoft's going to take 20 percent of that money so now they're still going to get more than that 15 dollars they used to charge that's why they want to do this and so now we are assuming that ubisoft will take a cut because that's the logical step because what we've seen so far is pretty much the steam version which is you get those cards and there's cosmetics and things for like certain games like CSGO where you unlock weapons. It's like, okay, I want to sell this weapon for or weapon skin for $10, but then the price jumps up to $10.50 because Steam wants 50 cents off of that. We're assuming that these companies are going to be doing this as well, and I fully expect that this is going to happen as well. But it must be. But I don't understand. Hungry? I don't understand it when they're saying NFTs. If they're giving these items out, you're supposed to own them. Ubisoft is not supposed to still have a cut of these items and all these other companies, they shouldn't have a cut of these items. If I'm paying for something or if I've earned something that they're classifying as an NFT, well, then I own that thing. You, you, guys, don't, you guys should not get a cut when I resell this item. But I fully suspect they're not going to do it that way. They're going to take a cut and screw everybody in the whole transaction. And then what are the, another thing that comes up too is like, how are these transactions going to be not monetized, but how are they managed? Like how, if, if, if I get this 600 hour uh, helmet and I want to sell it to you, how, what systems in place to do this transaction? I is Ubisoft going to facilitate? Their own, yeah. Yes. I think they're going to make their own yep. marketplace and that's how you get the money. Yeah. Oh, well to sell that item, you're going to have to use our selling store so you post mm-hmm. your, your items on the store and then we take a little cut because we're allowing you to sell that item to that other player. So, so Chris, th- shut the hell up, you dum-dum. You don't understand. I don't understand, <laughs> apparently. I don't, I, I don't. Even though it sounds like you're literally saying exactly what's going to happen, you don't understand. <laughs> it's not like I need a crystal ball for this. Um, apparently, I mean, I guess we're just smart enough to just understand this, maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. This is... So frustrating. Like, we already don't like microtransactions. We don't like pay to win as is. And now they're trying to come up with these, this new store, new marketplace for them to make their cut on these things. And it just makes me upset. I don't like where things are going. And peace out. It just, it's like, it's sad when, like, these game developers and, you know, corporate guys that, unfortunately have control over the companies we grew up and love starts to sound more like politicians do they not and make enough money as is like literally well, just like, we know how much how money you, they make some of them how does this not sound political to you where it's like oh you know this bill that you're not like a fan of you just don't understand it that's 100 percent what a politician would do it's not that it's a bad bill you just you're not reading it right come on yeah 
So, yeah, I don't know. We talked enough about it. I'm not going to swear because I'm not going to make Chris do more editing, but NFTs. Before we leave this last article, I also just, you know, if we haven't thrown enough dirt at Ubisoft, it's a fun fact that Ubisoft is already shutting down Hyperscape. Uh, it's apparently been up for less than two years, and it's officially dead on April 28th. So, you know, just to help you guys have even that much more confidence in the Ubisoft we're dealing with in today's day and age, uh, there you go. They couldn't make a Battle Royale work, and they were paying people to play it. But it's like, and they keep throwing, you know, they want anything that's going to be successful, but that's riddled with microtransactions. And so they tried this game and now I think X Defiant and then there's like that third game and they're literally just going to keep throwing these pieces of turd at the wall to just see which turd has enough moisture to stick to the wall. And it's just like, and they're willing to let all these things die just to try to get that one game. You see, what they did wrong was to make the game work, they needed unique items that people could get. (laughs) And then they resell those items and then they would make money. The play to earn, Chris. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. We're going to hit review roundup. We only have one game to talk about, but here we go. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection sitting at a respectable 87 critic score with 75 positive reviews and only two mixed. And of the two mixed, I read one and he just seemed sour that he didn't think there's enough changed here to justify charging the high price of the two games being meshed into one. And I guess that's debatable. I mean, I'm not going to buy it. I'm probably just going to play the free version we get with the PS collection when we got the PS5. And I hear it runs at 60 frames per second on the PS5. So yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense either. But hey, you don't have to buy it. So hooray. I did hear the trophy list is kind of fudged though. So I warn anyone out there, check that out first. It sounds like it's going to be a really long platinum. Uh, So if you're one of those dedicated crazy people like Chris, uh, be wary. Be wary. I got the OG trophies. I'm good. I don't need to go back. <laughs> they all say that until they fall victim. Uh, um, <laughs> so now we're at near the end of the show. What does that mean? That means it's time for homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through everything that happened this week. So we give you the article headlines where you can find those articles and then you can go educate yourself. And starting with Dark Souls 3 exploit could let hackers take control of your entire computer. This one comes from The Verge. Chris has a very sore spot for online Dark Souls 3 exploits. Um, So, Chris, what are your thoughts? (laughs) I'm glad they're taking care of it. Yes, and apparently there's uh, some people are kind of worried, and it seems like it might be justified. It does look like (laughs) from software has to look into it for Elden Ring as well. Oh, man, it's uh, like, I'm so sour. And my buddy even asked me a couple weeks ago, like, are you ever going to go back to that? I'm like, I don't know. My account might still be banned. I don't know. You're always welcome to play with me on the PS5. It's safe. That's a safe place. (laughs) Netflix, (laughs) my safe space. (laughs) Netflix responds to Microsoft planned acquisition of Activision Blizzard teases absolute best service. This one comes from GameSpot. Just seems like a silly article. Basically, Netflix is jumping on and being like, yeah, subscription services are the way to go. I'm like, is it Netflix? Now that you're charging me $20 a month, Netflix? (laughs) Uh, Fun fact, Chris, and you might be surprised I did this. I'm so not happy with Netflix right now. And I literally changed when they told me that they're going to try to up my subscription service yet again. Like, I think this is the second time in like six months, if I'm not mistaken. I literally forced it down to 
the the lowest tier one tv not even hd i don't even care now i'm like no you know what like i don't need 4k if you guys are going to try any other service i go to uh if it's amazon hbo max hulu i don't have to pay extra for like 4k and i don't really need it just give me 1080p and i guess i'll just suck it up and not pay you twice the cost um, and then we'll move on from that. Oh, and then, yeah, I guess I should say though, the article goes on and Netflix is trying to say that they will be the extra, the absolute best service for gaming. Okay. I guess if you like your stranger things, indie game, great. Awesome. Definitely going to take Sony out. Uh, Sega is officially ending its arcade center business. This one comes from game informer, a little sad to see, but kind of ready. You know, I think we're ready for this change. Evil Dead, the game delayed to May 2022. This one comes from IGN. Warner Brothers reiterates that Hogwarts Legacy and Gotham Knights will arrive this year. This one comes from IGN. We pray that if it you does. Think, if you think we already read this, that's because they had to reiterate again. So it's not just us having the same article. They literally are coming again. So this game better come out this year because if you came out twice and said it is, Guess what? Your garage is on fire. <laughs> it's like, and I'm making my way to your house next. <laughs> Death Stranding Director's Cut PC confirmed for March with $10 upgrade option available. This one comes from VGC. A Mortal Kombat movie sequel is in the development. This one comes from VGC. I still have to watch Please, that. Please, no, you already killed it. Just let it die. <laughs> I, I got to watch the death happen. Destruction All-Stars gets substantial changes, maybe going free-to-play. This one comes from VGC. That'll probably be the PlayStation Plus game for next month. It's free-to-play <laughs> for everybody, but it's also the PlayStation Plus. Naughty Dog isn't ruling out making more Uncharted games, the developer says. This one comes from VGC. It's Although almost, it like, it's almost like they make money. It's, it literally should read, Naughty Dog isn't ruling out making more Uncharted games, even though it should. This one comes from VGC. I just, I'm sorry, like, if other companies are already working on, well, reportedly working on remasters and re-releases. I mean, just let them have it then. Like, it yeah. sounds like they were really trying to force Sony Ben to do that. So got to know when know. to move on. Three, four, three. So, yep. Anyway, we got through all our articles. We got through our review roundup, our homework, which means only one thing that we're done with this week's episode. So thank you for joining us. Thanks to Chris for joining us. Thanks to everyone for just putting on a smile and getting through the day. So until next week, I just want to say thanks for your time. It's your most valuable currency. And it just, it humbles us so much that you give us any of that valuable currency. And until next Monday, goodbye. Bye, guys. I like to dip my feet and my toes, specifically my dirty toes, into that strategy water game. So <laughs> that made no sense. Into the strategy, strategy water game water. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're making pools. a fourth Star Wars game. All the it's categories a strategy are pools. water game. <laughs> oh my god.